Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Today we're joined by Sam Lyons, the General Manager for Grand Syndicates. G'day Sam, how are you? Hey, thanks Brad. Yeah, yeah, good. Good, good, good here, mate. Start of the sales season. We're busy, but we're good. That's the way. Um, so the main reason I want to get you on the show is because Behemoth is running on Saturday in the Futurity Stakes. Um, but firstly, tell us about your background and how you got into racing. Uh, yeah, look, it was a bit of a bit of a roundabout way. Dad was a greyhound trainer, um, so I had racing in the blood a little bit uh, along those lines. Um, sort of turned eighteen, bought myself a share in a racehorse, uh, as you tend to tend to progress to that sort of a thing. Um, from there. Uh, yeah, look, I, I uh, spent a few years just owning horses and, and working in um, different industries, and then I managed to uh, managed to land a role with Sky Channel, um, and beyond that, uh, worked there for sort of 12 months, and then from there, yeah, look, uh, sort of had a chat to Peter who owns Grand Syndicates, um, and we uh, we discussed starting starting it up, and uh, yeah, the, it was about eight years ago, so the rest is uh, rest is history. So that's with Bellis Racing um, with Peter Morley. They sort yeah. of started out in the West, is that right? Yeah, so look, Peter lives over there and he runs Bellis Racing, which is um, basically, you know, very, very Western Australian centric, um, but came up with the idea of Grand Syndicates to, to work in that more modestly priced uh, sort of share price, and something that not a lot of people were doing at the time, especially syndicators. And uh, and yeah, we decided to start that in the Eastern States as a, as a sort of a standalone um, separate entity and look it gained good traction you know it was obviously it was obviously something that people were screaming out for and we had that fixed fee structure and, and it really really caught on quite quickly and and put us to, to where we are now so you've got behemoth and also it's me sort of the flag bearers for the grand syndicate stable at the moment um what are some other success stories of grand along the way uh, oh look uh, the first horse that we bought was a horse called koodle and we paid we paid sixteen thousand for her um, she won around half a million uh, and sort of was our flagship horse for a long time. Um, beyond that, we also sort of soon after that, in the second or third year, we bought a horse called Man of His Word for $10,000 up in up in Queensland. And he was our first stakes winner. He won a Brisbane handicap and he was he was stakes placed another six or seven times, placed at group two level, you know, took us to an all-star mile in, in the first year in that as well. He, he won about 600 and, and something thousand and, the same sort of time, we had a horse like Taikiato racing around, who we paid six thousand for. She she won about three hundred in a in a few Saturday races. I think she's still got the the Pakenham Metro Track record up there over a thousand. So it's um you know those three horses were sort of horses. Oh, those four horses were horses that helped put us on the map early. Um, and then you know now we've obviously got Behemoth, who's who's definitely the banner horse. Um, it's me who's uh, a star, I guess, and and who knows just how good she might be, um, or if we'll ever see it. I guess two tendons, but um, you know, and there's a few, there's a few uh, in the wings. Actually, three nice horses. I think um, Majestic Shot, the undefeated filly up in Queensland, we thinks we thinks very smart, um, and a couple of unraced three-year-olds now that, that go go extremely good. And you mentioned Grand was sort of started just to be an affordable option for racehorse owners. Um, is that 
the main challenge of being a syndicator? Is, is that the, the price point? Uh, yeah. Oh, look, it's, I mean, there's a lot of challenges sort of getting people into the industry, but I think um, price point is, is something that we can, we can sort of try and, and give people options from start to finish, um, sort of different price points suit different people. But for us, we found that being a, being that lower price point and fixed fees and, and an easy structure. So everyone knows exactly what they're paying, exactly what they're getting into, um, taking the guesswork out of it. I think that's uh, that gives a real stepping stone for people who just want to dip their toe in the water for the first time or, or even just maybe have a few without spending the earth and knowing exactly what you need to budget for each week. So I think it is important that, to, and it's sort of to us, it's very important that that part of our, our business and we want to make sure we stay true to that as well. You know, some people say with the success, uh, you should start, spending more money and doing it differently, but you know, that's not what is, what's got us to where we are. So we, we want to keep that price point as an important part of the business. Is it important to um, differentiate yourself from the dodgy operators out there as well? Oh, look, I, I won't get too much in any dodgy operators. I think there's probably more talk about dodgy operators in the industry than there probably actually is dodgy practices. Yeah, we, we all, many, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we, we all, we all talk about it and we all, we all know it does go on, but it gets a lot of airtime and it does sort of tarnish um, tarnish the industry and, and tarnish you know, some syndicators and that too, which is a little bit frustrating when, you, when you're working hard to try and really give people a product that is, is very trusting and, and very simple and easy um, and, you, and you do have to deal with that. But you know, we just, you hold the line, you stick to what you do, you make sure you, you get up and go to bed, you know, knowing that uh, everything you do is, is the right way to be going about things and, you know, you'd be proud of what you do and, I, I, I love I love uh, Team Grand. I love what we do. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of what we built, um, and I like that we you know we, we've tried to make it as accessible and simple for uh, especially like just the everyday man. You know that's that's us and woman. How many owners have you got? Yeah, look, we're up towards uh, up towards a thousand. I would say at the moment. I, I actually don't have that number exactly in front of me, but um, yeah. but yeah, we're up around the thousand owners uh, and part owners um, on on. You know our uh, under management, I guess, as we, we say. So, um, yeah, around that mark, and it's a bit tricky because a lot of our shares are owned by smaller syndicates of, of groups of friends, which is you know which is fantastic, and that that's what we really want to try and, and and make sure people understand that you can do when you when you buy these horses to bring your costs down and you keep the enjoyment at the same level and, and you you spend a little bit less money and you share it around with your mates. So, but yeah, there's there's up around that thousand mark. And you've been pretty active at the recent sales. Yeah, yeah, we, we bought five horses from the Magic Millions, which is certainly the most that we um, we bought to kick off the year. We looked like we were going to, to struggle to find anything in our bracket, and then the last day came along, and the um, the averages fell right down, and we were really, really happy with uh, the five that we walked away with because they were all on our shortlist, four of them quite high on our shortlist, and, and we ended up with the top filly that we, we thought we'd found in that whole whole second sale. So um, we were really happy there, and... Went to Inglis, um, had a good hunt around there. We picked up three more from Inglis. Um, one of them was sort of sold about two and a half hours after we uh, we probably bought her, um, and the other couple will, will go on the market. And then we've got Melbourne uh, next week, Adelaide, uh, Tassie, Perth starts tomorrow or something, I think, as well. So we'll be active everywhere and, and trying to find those horses that, that fall through the gaps that you know we, uh, we might be able to fit out into our bracket. Is there any size you're looking to, to buy into particularly this year or...? Any size? Um, no. Or, yeah. oh, look, I, I love aiming at those second season size just when they've tapered off a little bit because their two-year-olds haven't exploded because realistically, time frames haven't given them a chance for those two-year-olds to explode. Um, and it does tend to, the commercial side of things drops off them a little bit. So I, I do love 
targeting those second season size. But realistically, um, for us, we, we buy on type. So type's just the number one thing for us. Um, John Price, who does uh, essentially 95% of our blood stock now, um, he's down there, uh, or him and I are normally down there a few days before. We have to look at every horse that goes through the sale because we need a, a clear picture on, on those horses. And then when they, just or just in case they do drop into our price bracket, we need to know where we have them on our on our sort of ratings. So look, type comes first. You know, it's a bit tricky to go on target size, but you know, we've all got a few favourites, but it's it's not specifically about going to target size, no. Although we did we did sort of have a close look at um, uh, you know your Mickey Isles um, and your um, and your Real Impacts, a couple of those uh, Sons of Deep Impact who we were, we were keen to have a look at. And you picked up Behemoth for five grand, is that right? Six thousand. So yeah, it's um yeah a bit more expensive than five, but uh, um, but no no, oh jeez, you if we paid for him by the kilo, he's very very cheap. Um, he's yeah, look, he was, he's, I mean, it's just been sort of well spoken about it a bit, I guess. They they pin hooked him for one hundred and twenty thousand as a weanling, and um, we're obviously hoping to turn that into probably a quarter of a million or, or something similar. Uh, make a bit of money out of it, and uh, during that weanling to yearling stage, he looked like he grew, uh, he grew out of sight, and he was a bit of a, a big, a big fat whale with a, with a, a bit of a rough head on him. I guess he, he wouldn't win any beauty contest, but um, look, there's a really nice frame underneath that that John Price found, and look, I, there's we don't do X-rays. I think it tells you, you know, puts you off horses that you otherwise would really like, and, and to, from my experience. Um, I haven't really seen a hell of a lot of issues um, come from uh, come up in horses that would have been picked up in x-rays. So, you know, time is a big thing. If you give most of your horses time early, which we do anyway, we don't punish any of them to try and get them up to early two-year-old preps. You, you sort of skip over that stuff. So we don't do x-rays. It's, you know, people have spoken about there's likely x-ray issues with him because he was a big horse. Um, it put people off. Well, you know, we were we were very easy on him and gave him the opportunity. And David Jolly has just done a wonderful job with the horse. So, I guess that's why he fell through the gaps. People often ask, "Oh, why did, why was that horse so cheap, or why was this horse so cheap that you bought?" I think you're probably asking the wrong person when you're asking me because we liked him. Um, so we buy him. We need to ask everyone else why they didn't buy him. So, <laughs> so how big is he? How many hands? Uh, he's he's a shade over 17 hands and. I don't know how heavy he'd be right now, but he'd probably be around 610 kilos, I'd say, around that at the moment. He's probably trimming up a little bit. He was he was big when he won the um, Durbridge the other day. He had he had plenty around the middle like me about halfway through lockdown. Um, but uh, a bit more of an athlete he is, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, look, he'd be 610 probably at the moment and a bit just a shade over 17. Yep, yep. All right, so... Um... On Saturday, he's uh, off to Caulfield for the futurity. Um, he's two out of three at the truck. Are you pretty keen on his chances on Saturday? Oh, look, you've you've got to you've got to be pretty keen on his chances to it to a point. Um, he's undefeated there in that class and, and at the trip. And uh, Ollie on board, which is a, a good pickup considering we lost the regular rider in Craig. Um, but it's also really hard to go into any race when you're racing against Arcadia Queen. Um, probably off a win like that, and even Ole Kirk off a solid first up run in Sydney. You know these are these are really high class horses. So, um, I probably what gives us a bit more confidence is the draw, drawing two, um, with uh, with the speed out so drawn outside. That'll probably come across and hopefully give us a really good trail. Um, the better horses probably on Arcadia Queen are probably drawn off the tracks. I think 
it maps really well for us. And look, I'm not going to go in here anything saying, oh, he'll be extremely hard to beat or he's, you know, they can't beat him. But he, I think he deserves to be favourite, but certainly Probabil's first up run, if she was to um, bring that and then improve on it again, as you'd expect second half, just take a power beating. And it just comes down to whether Arcadia Queen is, um, is ready to go or whether this is sort of her first up run looking towards the all-star mile, which is probably more likely. And they'll meet again in the all-star mile? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to bump into it. This is a bit of a bit of a curtain raiser for that, and everyone will go around again in the All Star Mile. Um, but that's probably what leans towards Probabil and, and ourselves as being the two to beat, which the market's found. It's not rocket science. They're both impressive first up, and have got the got the fitness edge. I think. Yep. Um, was Willow pretty disappointed? You can't ride him on. Screen? Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Look, look. Kudos to Willow. Jumped straight on the phone and um, got in touch with us and. And let us know and um but yeah he uh he rang a couple of times over the next couple of days just to uh apologize and uh probably make sure he was still on in the all-star mile um the next but, question, is he back on for the yeah yeah it's especially because um obviously ollie's ollie's on on russian camelot who's going to the all-star mile and he's his favorite so and he's first up there so it was good that in a way that ollie had that ride too because it takes that tough decision if he wins on saturday out of uh, out of our hands and we just go back to willow and willow knows the horse and his record on the horse speaks for itself yeah yeah so the um, voting closed what yesterday or the other day for the all-star mile um he was pretty close to arcadia queen for the top spot do you think he'll get the top spot or oh look I, i'm i'm not sure at all it's a tricky one i mean I think they're basically tied there were a couple of votes in him going backwards and forwards for the last couple of days so it was quite interesting um the big one will be who all the people who voted for Very Elegant voted for, because she was obviously taken out um, the day before it closed. There's 9,000 votes or something there that they can then re-vote. So I expect a lot of those votes will go towards those top two, um, just the generally nature of the beast, maybe probable as well. So yeah, look, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just happy to be up there. If he finishes on top, that's fantastic. It's, it's a great little feather in the cap and good for the owners to think you might uh, be part of the most popular horse uh, in Australia. But you know, it's, we're in there. Um, unless something crazy happens, we're in there, and that, that's the main thing. But yeah, I'd love to finish on top of certainly, yeah, not making any guesses that he he should or would. Yeah, and you're also offering a, a share in the horse for the race as well. Yeah, so if anyone hasn't uh, has voted for him and hasn't entered that yet, yeah, we, the the owners have put up a two and a half percent share in him for the day. So full prize money, full ownership, experience tickets, come and hang out with us um, and everyone else the same as you would if you owned him as per normal. Um, anyone who basically uh, voted for him all they need to do is forward their confirmation email um, just to our email address which is just win at grandsyndicates.com.au and we'll draw a random one out uh, after the maturity probably Monday I think I said I was going to do it Sunday then I realized I've got a wedding so I won't be doing that I'll uh, I'll probably push that back to Monday so you got until Monday to get him in extra day I was going to say um $60,000 payday if they if he wins yeah I actually haven't done the math yet a couple other people have done it I think it's um About 68,000 I think yeah, something like that. Probably minus all the bits and pieces that go to the uh, go to the rest of them. Yeah, it's it's a solid fifty grand though, or something. So, um, yeah, certainly worth sending an email through if you haven't. There's not actually that many entries, as you can imagine. If it's uh, um, for uh, for what you might get, and you're going to have a runner who's probably going to go around in the top few in the market. Yeah, definitely worth it. Um, any concerns about the mile for that all-star mile race? No, none, none. We've always thought he's a mile and beyond. Um, the only reason we haven't been to that that distance so far is realistically is programming um he hasn't needed to you know we we ran through those we were on the way to a mile last time sort of in the turak and 
and even potentially Cantala. But after winning the spring stakes and then winning the, the two group ones at 1400, the Everest popped up and we thought, well, two group ones already, this prep, um, he probably owes us nothing. Let's have a roll at the big race. And you know, that didn't quite come off for, for a couple of reasons. But um, now we, we get him back and we start to look uh, look towards getting him up to that trip. And, you know, there'll probably be a Cox Plate nom in there again this year. There was last year. And, um, we're confident that he can get beyond the 16. And he's won at the Valley before, but that was like a benchmark 70, I think it was. Mm. Um, a big horse like him around the tight Valley circuit, any concern or...? Oh, not really. I think if you watched him in that that first run, he was a he was a big horse then, and he was far more green and, and nowhere near as professional as he was now, and he handled it well. And it was a long sustained run. I think the camber at Mooney Valley um, actually is can be quite a quite a positive for some of these big horses. It just really suits them. But um, certainly, we, we don't. Uh, there's no major concerns with that. And from if he can draw if he can draw a gate over a mile, you'd like to think he's going to be in the first four five so he's not going to have to do too much other than um just uh just get around on that and those first couple of lanes i think is that the best way to ride him hold him up and keep him for one sprint no 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 not at all we actually think going forward at some stage he's going to be the kind of horse who rolls to the front um a little bit later in his career he's just so tough yeah. um early days he he probably got um pigeonholed as a bit of a back market because he was tardy out and he, he used to wear a barrier blanket and he was a had a, he was still learning, basically. Um, now, look, he's, he's quite sharp out the gates, as Willow showed in the uh, in the Memsey when he sat just behind the speed. And even in the Rupert Clark, he, he was reasonable out the gates. He just managed to get shuffled back as they piled around. So he, he got further back than he needed to. But, um, look, I, th- I think he's versatile, which is great to have for a horse like that. Um, but, yeah, we, we'd like to see him up on the speed a bit more. And certainly on the Saturday, we'll be trying to use the gate. Um, any plans beyond the All-Star Mile, or is, or is that? No, none. Happens? No, I think um, I think that's that's probably where we pull up this time in. Um, look, there's races up in Sydney, but I think that's the timing's not quite right. And I think the springs, there's going to be good races in the spring for him. That All-Star Mile, how he handles the 1600, whilst we're very confident he will, we still need to see it. So if he can, if he can win well or at least run a, run a very strong um, to not win well in the All-Star Mile. Um, if he can just, if he was to win, um, or if he was to run very well and be really strong late, um, you know, that then that then probably could put a race like the Cox Plate back on the map again for him this time in and a little bit further. But um, if for some reason he wasn't to, uh, to run it out as we thought he might, we just might, um, you know, change the way we look at to races in the spring. There's going to be a stack of options for him. Yeah. And that first up win in Adelaide, that was, was what you were expecting? Uh, no, we thought he, we thought it was a very good chance of getting beat because um, he was fat and he was not fit. Um, he was up against Kemal Passer over 1,100. Um, we were very prepared that uh, we thought we might be running second to Kemal Passer that day, who's coming off two group wins up the straight over the sprint at there at, uh, at Flemington, I think. So um, for him to have been able to do that whilst he was still very much unfit very much short of a run, um, and he was in that race in place of a trial. Whilst he was in in at the weights very well, um, it was it was a bit of a not so much a surprise, but it was great to see, and it gave us a stack of confidence. Obviously, going forward, that he was going to be tightened right up from that run. So he's come on a fair bit since that run. Oh, absolutely, yeah. His his work since has been has been absolutely top class. Um, every gallop he's gone out there, he's. He's been his best yet, um, and we're really excited. So we'll uh, we'll get him over here, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Just need a little bit of luck from that gate to make sure he does step, and I and I think then you know it'll uh, 
if he steps and gets that position, it'll take someone that have to beat him, I think. Does he go back to Adelaide between runs or? Yeah, yeah. Which is another reason we probably didn't come to the oar first up. That was a little bit further and we probably would have had to tighten the screws on him a bit more than we would have liked to. But um, between runs, yeah, David will just take him back. So um, David will bring him over, um, probably stop at Ballarat, send someone else in because Greater Melbourne's still a bubble for South Australia. Um, David will wait for the horse in Ballarat and then um, take him home and, and come back up and bring him back over. And he can do, he did that twice last time, the one, two group one. So doing it two times in a row, we're certainly um, certainly happy to do that. He must enjoy the beach at Gore there. Yeah, yeah, he does. He just enjoys that quiet lifestyle, to be honest. He, he likes his own company. Um, he's an interesting horse. He's he's sort of that, that quiet, non-hustle and bustle um, lifestyle down there that he's got is uh, he's probably really suited. So, so whatever Dave's doing, he's doing a good job of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you also mentioned the Everest from last prep. Um, you had It's Me and the Kosciuszko on the same day. There must have been a, a huge thrill to have two runners in the two big Sydney races that day. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's a bit of a pinch yourself sort of moment for people who don't spend a lot of money on horses. Um, we had a big owner's day there on the day. I did two weeks of hotel quarantine in Sydney to um, to get it. No fresh air, no open windows for two weeks. I don't recommend it, and I'm not sure I'd do it again if you asked me for the same day. Sure even though, oh, yeah, well, I don't know, those two weeks. So it makes my skin crawl thinking about doing it again. Um, but, yeah, oh, it was amazing. Okay, it was a... From my point of view, I only managed to have a drink or two on the day. It was pretty busy um, between horses and, and owners, but it was uh, it's really exciting. And thankfully, we were able to win the Kosciuszko with It's Me, even though she hurt herself in that run. Um, so, yeah, massive day. Good to just be part of it. Those big races, I love them. That's why you know we were we enjoyed getting uh, Man of His Word in that first All-Star Mile, and, and this was a target a long way out, just, just to be part of these sort of um, big races. Obviously, the big prize money's handy as well, but... It's uh, it's they're good concepts, um, they're good fun to be part of, and it's uh, you know stuff you can remember for a while. Uh, were you surprised with this man the way she won, given, well, especially given she was injured, but where she was in the run as well? Yeah, oh, look, they tried their hardest to beat her. Um, that's that's sure. I guess the problem is when you've got a short price favourite like that, you sort of do have a bit of a target on your back. Um, yeah, look, look, we're we're stoked with her. I just don't know how good she is. She's hopefully we find out when she comes back, but time is sort of don't lie to those guys who, who are big on them. She's she's as good as she could have possibly been in the runs in the lead up and in that run. And, you know, to, to win like that, then find out afterwards that she's done that tendon. And you probably know when she's done it, which is when she was trying to get out of that hole and she went back in and wobbled and sort of half took a, a couple of missteps after hip and shouldering that horse. Um, you know, she's then still had to turn a foot to get over him. I think she's something real special. How is she recuperating? Yeah, great. She's uh, she's big as a house too. She's uh, she's a tank. She's got a neck on her like a stallion. She's a big, thick. She's just a, a huge unit now. She's actually just continues to grow and grow. So she's at Lee Everson's doing a second little stint of rehab there. She should have a few more weeks. Hopefully that'll then put her back in the paddock for a couple of weeks. And then when she comes back in and post that, that'll be in work. A little bit of rehab early days, but that'll be the in work heading towards a jump out. Any plans for her or just happy to get her back? Just happy to get her back, get her back, find uh, find the right black type races and, and try and get her some black type and, you know, see if she's good enough to um, to progress to group one level. You'd like to think that she's a very good chance of that, but, you know, there's plenty of water that goes under the bridge before we get to that spot. And she's recovering pretty well from the injury? Like, is, is yeah, look, yep. 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 So, you know, first, first tendon she did, which was why she never races a three-year-old, 
um, was sort of a nine out of 10. Um, this second tendon is, um, was sort of given a four out of 10. So with that in mind, you know, it's, it was much better to start with. We got onto it a little bit earlier and, um, and it's, it's, it's healed perfectly. There hasn't been a hiccup to this point. So we've got another scan in a couple of weeks and that'll give us a clear picture of sort of how we're starting to, to probably finalize, finalize it now. Awesome. All right, Sam. Well, thanks heaps for joining us, mate. And um, good luck with Behemoth this Saturday and on to the All-Star Mile in a fortnight. No worries, Brad. Thanks for having me, guys. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.